0: Hello, everyone. and Welcome to the Mother Roots podcast. I am your host, Lisa. I am the granddaughter of Rhea, the daughter of Karen, and the mother to Kaya, Bodhi, and Arjuna. I would like to welcome my guest today, Sarah, and I will hand it over to her and allow her to introduce herself. Welcome, Sarah.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me, Lisa. This is very fun and exciting. So uh, my name is Sarah. I am the granddaughter of Dorothy, the daughter of Elizabeth and the mother of Harland. And I am also a registered holistic nutritionist that uh, I run a private practice here in Kitchener, Waterloo. And I specialize in the mind gut connection. So I really love doing, you know, podcasts like this, obviously teaching the message, but just you know, helping other people see the variety of situations in life, especially motherhood. So I'm looking forward to this.
0: (laughs) Yay. Amazing. So excited to have you here and to chat today. Um, So I'll start off by just asking you, um, what does motherhood mean to you?
1: What is mothering to you? That's a good question. I would say mothering to me is like being supportive being a guide giving lots of love and hugs and kisses (laughs) you know and um yeah I've never really been asked that question but I would just say you know always being there to support and guide your children in the right direction however they need it um however you feel they need it even though if it's not the uh traditional norm like you know if it's more on a spiritual level that they need or they need you to sit on the floor and play like just kind of be more in tune with your child versus like okay we need to have them in sports and you need to eat dinner at this time and you need to do this and do that less for me it's less of a structured we have routine in place don't get me wrong because that's what saves our lives but (laughs) um I mean, just being really in tune with your child and like that open love and you and sort of gearing them up that they can always come to you, you know, no matter what. But if you show them your spiritual and real side, which I do with my child and always have, I feel that comfort is there and the bond is a bit deeper, you know.
0: Mm, Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. Did you always want to be a mom?
1: No. (laughs) And I'll tell you why. Because I had a younger brother. And well, there's a couple of reasons, but one was my younger brother. And then my mom would just volunteer me to babysit like all of her friends' kids. And um obviously like they would jump all over me. Like if my brother was there and they would like take advantage. So like I'm not even joking, I would lock them in this big closet and be like, okay, I'm not doing this anymore. But my mom would just consistently volunteer me for babysitting and I would have plans, you know, but had to always like break those plans. And I was like, I'm just a kid myself. I don't want this to be tied down to this. And when you have children, you know, you, obviously you have to be more dedicated to being there with them and you can't just go out willy nilly, that kind of stuff. But, um, so I kind of built up a bit of resentment towards like, I'm going to have to be ready to give up my like sort of free life before I have children. And so I was 16 and I got a tattoo on my stomach of a a moon and a star. And I'm like, I can put it there because I'm never having children and it won't even matter. (laughs) Well, I'm going to tell you now that moon and star is just not beautiful now, but you know, (laughs) I always did though love other people's children. Like my uh best friend in high school, she ended up having a child uh when she was 18. So we were 18. So that was really young. And um I think that's kind of what made me start to get that maternal thing because I was there to help her through the pregnancy. I was there to help after, you know, and then so I kind of felt that maternal and I grew up a bond with that child that I was like, yeah, for sure someday. I want that. Right. Mm
0: -hmm. And then, um,
1: actually I think I was 25, 26. I started dating a guy that had two little girls. They were, um, five and almost eight at the time. And I immediately fell in love with them. And I was like, and they needed help and guidance because he was a single father and just like, they really needed some structure and, and guidance. So, I essentially adopted them and they're um, not legally adopted them, but essentially I did. And we became very close and still to this day, we're close. They they're older now and have the, the one daughter, she has three children and the um, youngest, which she's now 25, um, is pregnant with her first child and they've done well in school. They're both teachers, you know, but I've been in their life, that whole time um since I met them when they were five and eight and like the love I have for them is literally like I gave birth to them you know what I mean and oh, so, so yeah they would come down um I lived in Toronto for a long time in the relationship so and they were in Wasega so I'd go pick them up and they'd come down for most of the summer but then they got to the age where they wanted to spend it with their friends so I didn't get those anymore <laughs> and then you know it's just kind of been like you know when we love each other but it's not that like we can always get together because they're building their lives and stuff but essentially that's what gave me the love of um having a child right is is both of them and then I was like yep I definitely want my own but I was dating a bunch of lemons at the time so You know, I wasn't (laughs) going to have children with any one of those guys. So (laughs) I literally had to wait until I was 35 when I met my husband. And then we were married a year later. And then we had to go through fertility because, well, I was getting older. And then (laughs) we were adopt ready as well. Because we essentially just wanted to be parents, not necessarily our own. And I knew that bond could be had because I already had it with the girls and so basically when we were ready to fully adopt then we got pregnant through fertility and then I had my son at 40. (laughs) Okay okay. Mm -hmm. So quite the journey but you know when you ask like did I know I wanted to be a mother? No. So it took all of that right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) To get to to get to like being the, like, I guess I think I'm an awesome mom, but getting to be blessed with a child now at 40.
0: Mm. Lovely. Yeah.
1: It's funny. Like I find that
0: some people just knew even when they were a child, like I'm going to be a mom one day. My sister (laughs) was like that.
1: Okay. mm -hmm." Yeah. Yeah. She wanted to have a kid at 12 years old. She was like ready. (laughs) Okay. And does she have children? One. She has one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Got you. Okay. Wow. Um, and so how old is your son now?
1: He is five. He will be six on August 19th. Um, So that went really fast, actually.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's amazing how quick time flies, isn't it? <laughs> hmm yeah, I really have find that um, you know, like and they're fine too, like even as we're aging, time seems to speed up and go so much faster. But then once you have children, there's just a, a solid time marker. Oh yeah. Right. It's like you can see like how they're
1: growing and realize, oh my gosh, it's been like this many years. <laughs> yeah, no, it goes really fast. Like, you know, when you're a kid, summer seemed like it was forever. And now, like, I'm planning events for September and sports for September. I'm like, where is the summer? Like, you know, because just before summer, I'm planning, like, summer camp. And I'm planning, like, okay, the days that he can't be in summer camp, like, who's going to look after him? Because I still got to work. So, you know, I'm, you know, run a full-time business, but it's also a full-time job. And I have one child to arrange to be able to work and have care for your child, right? Right. So, and then now I'm already planning into September and I'm just like, I, I don't want my brain to be going that fast because it just feels like I, I don't enjoy, get to enjoy each moment. And then, you know, like I said to my husband the other day, I was like, I feel guilty for putting him in camp. Like, I feel like I should be spending so much time with him and like taking him out swimming and going to the beach days and And doing all this but it's like I also have to work for a living you know so right uh, you can't but I've decided um which was very hard for me but to block off Fridays to do that with him right oh okay that's great yeah because then I'm like you know when I think of it when I was a kid in the summer and i was just out in the field all day long you know come in for popsicles come in for lunch whatever and then it's just like outside playing discovering you know living life and um not so structured with you know kind of like it feels mm-hmm. like he's in school still where i'm packing lunch in the morning and then you know sending him off and picking him up at a certain time it just kind of still feels like we're in school <laughs> Right, you know, and it's not summertime where it's supposed to be fun and free.
0: Yeah, I know it's so hard. We're always juggling so much, and mom guilt is such a huge thing.
1: Oh gosh, I don't like it. I
0: no, don't like it. <laughs> so much expectations that are put on us, and that we then put on ourselves as well, thinking that we need to be everything (laughs) and provide all these like perfect experiences and you know be there all the time and be one-on-one and engaging and it's just not
1: reality. No it's a lot of stress and and I'll tell you honestly like um, mine really started like kind of before um, I had my son so I had a stepsister at the time she was at my, in my life for 20 plus years, but that's another podcast altogether. (laughs) And anyway, so she was like, she's very mechanistic, you know, she works at the hospital. So everything was like, you have to do this and you have to do that. So, you know, I was questioning at the beginning, like um, whether I was going to vaccinate my son or not. And she said to me, if you don't vaccinate your child, then you cannot come around me anymore, me and my children anymore. And I was like, whoa, okay, you know, that was a lot of pressure. And then um she would be like, give me this book, like you need to do sleep training, like right away off the bat, and you need to breastfeed. And um like I would go to her house and then she'd be like, he's hungry, you need to go feed him. And I'm like, I just fed him. And like I just felt very on edge. I was like so stressed out about a sleep schedule. It sent me into, um, postpartum anxiety that I didn't know that I had that was brewing. And so it was like, I didn't have anybody else around that would advocate for, you know, like, cause she was like, breast is best, breast is best. And I didn't hear till way later in life that fed is best because I would look at my child and be like, Oh my God, like, he looks like he's starving. And at one point he didn't, um, poo for like eight weeks and oh my gosh yeah and I took him to the doctor he was exclusively breastfed I took him to the doctor several times because I'm like dude like are you sure (laughs) like and he's like yeah he's you eat lean he's getting everything that he needs then there's no waste but I was stressed like the whole time I'm like this cannot be normal why is the doctor saying this blah 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 and then he turned six months so I put him on well five and a half and so I started on, on like soft foods cause I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Like, you know, but the pressure and nobody advocating on an alternative side that like, you know, if breastfeeding you out, cause I was literally, I feel like tied to a rocking chair for mm-hmm. eight months straight. I couldn't leave more than an hour or two from the baby because, you know, I had to breastfeed or I was like a shitty mom. You know, so um, it was very stressful and really caused um, a lot of anxiety. And I didn't I did not enjoy that first eight months. And so many people, when I say I did not enjoy breastfeeding, they're like, oh, my God, like that was my best part. And I'm like, "Okay, but I didn't enjoy it because of that pressure that I had. And I felt I was starving my child and not doing anything about it. Cause I would just be that poor, horrible mom. And if you don't breastfeed, you are like, you know, the worst mom in the world. So that pressure really started then and like kind of spiraled out of control into postpartum anxiety. And then um, I was eight months postpartum. And then my baby started pulling away. My son started pulling away from breastfeeding and I was like, okay what's happening like this is too soon for this to kind of happen or whatever but it kind of set an alarm off because I'm like what what's wrong all right don't know why but I took a pregnancy test and I was pregnant (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) which we had went through fertility so there was no way I thought naturally I could be pregnant so that was really crazy but it was him kind of telling me hey And then the doctor that I went to said, okay, you got to stop breastfeeding immediately. And I'm like, but I wanted to breastfeed for a year. Like I'm already eight months into it. Let me, (laughs) but they said, no, it can um, like shrink the uterus or contract the uterus. So they didn't want that with an early pregnancy. So I had to stop and switch that and then, you know, and then feed him formula. And there was so much guilt, like this mom guilt about having to feed him, formula alongside obviously food um and then being in the nutrition industry and all this kind of stuff like this kind of you have to do this or oh my god or hide it like don't tell anybody I remember like not telling anybody I was feeding him formula and stuff and now I look at Mm -hmm. that and I'm like why like why should I have felt that feeling and been hiding that I'm feeding my child formula you know for four months or whatever Right. So yeah. that that <clears throat> mom guilt just really tore me down for that first year. <laughs> like
0: no kidding.
1: Yeah. And it was because of outside pressure, a lot of outside pressure that really got to me. And you know, now I advocate for Fed is best. Like you do mm-hmm. what you need to do for your child and don't feel guilty about it. Right.
0: Well, yeah. Like I mean breastfeeding is not always going to work for every person and you know it's 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 your choice (laughs) and ultimately like (laughs) we want our babies to thrive right and there could be many reasons why breastfeeding is not working either from the mom or the baby Mm -hmm. and you know trying to figure out what is going to be the best case scenario here so that this baby can thrive and grow
1: Yeah, well, that's the thing. And I knew breastfeeding was good. And I planned on doing it for a year. I just definitely didn't know all of those things were going to happen or, you know, that I was going to be basically tied to a chair and not be able to go anywhere. Like, it just felt very isolating. I didn't have I had my husband's mother to help us for that's it. Right. So I didn't really have any sort of reprieve or break or anybody to bounce stuff off of because you know when you're talking to your mother-in-law her babies were perfect and everything was <laughs> perfectly fine right <laughs> oh
0: yeah <laughs>
1: oh my gosh oh. that has I remember to
0: be- that so well after my first was born and you know just saying like hey like maybe could you like come by to like help or or whatever and was always like well I had three kids and worked and you know <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I was just
0: fine and it's like okay like that's that's great um might not be fully rooted in reality but that's <laughs> well, the case
1: like definitely not that's
0: great but it's like why are we trying to shame people for needing help for wanting help mm-hmm. um I, I just I truly believe like we're not meant to do this alone right And if you look like back generations and other cultures, even still today, right? When somebody has a baby, it's like the community rallies around you for support, right? So that you can take that time to rest and to recover and to bond with your baby. And they take Mm -hmm. care of everything else so that you have that time.
1: Yeah. What culture is it? There's one culture where like literally the mother-in-law basically takes the baby for like a month or something. And like, they obviously bring the child to breastfeed with the mom and stuff. But other than that, they get time to heal. They get time to, they're being given food. I forget what culture it is, but I was like, there's quite a few, probably quite a few Mm -hmm. like that, which I'm like, okay, why am I not in that culture? Because I had to, my husband had to go back to work You know, he's, he's the breadwinner, if you will. And he, so it was like a week he was able to stay home. And then after that, I had to pick up the baby. I had to have a emergency C-section and Mm -hmm. I had to pick up the baby. I had to cook my own food. I had to do all that. And it was like, so freaking hard. And then my mom, bless her heart, (laughs) she came over um, and she expected me to serve her you know so she was like oh you should make us a tea I'm like do you know I was just sliced open and I, had a, I ended up like trying to get into my bed and pulling a muscle so I could barely even walk without being an excruciating pain. like it was bad and so she would like <laughs> make me make her tea make me make her lunch I'm like do you think you could do that for me like what what's happened here <laughs> you know but again it's that generational like I had three kids I did everything in myself I'm like yeah you had natural birth and you had your mother there to help you 24 7 so Mm, you you seem to have forgot about that part
0: (laughs) yeah selective memory right
1: (laughs) oh for sure where I'm like oh my gosh and then the one time she was like oh um I said can you go change the baby Like, cause I can't keep getting up and down and up and down and up and down. She goes, Oh, I don't remember how to change a diaper. I was like, okay. So I get up, I'm like crawling, holding the baby, like, you know, getting to the diaper change table. And then she comes in she goes, Oh, I can do it after I already made it all the way there. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to, I'm going to stop. But anyway, so she puts the diaper on. I said, okay. And then I make my way back to the living room. And she brings the baby back and she's got the diaper on so tight he's like turning purple. I'm like, I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna have to end this visit and we're just gonna have to like have very limited visits because I'm not, you know. But and that was it. I didn't have any other help. Like my friends that were didn't have children didn't quite understand. So they were just living their lives. You know, Mm -hmm. I've had a couple of them come back now that they've had children and say, I'm sorry, I wasn't there for you. Right. Right. So because for sure, I'm like, hey, you guys had all the time in the freaking world. You could have come over and helped me, you know, (laughs) right. (laughs) Or brought me a meal or something like that. But yeah, it's I'm telling you, it was, like you said, it takes a village and when you don't have that village, it really is very hard. I mean, I I love my job, but that first year, it was, I'm telling you, it was hard, right? Mm-hmm. With postpartum anxiety, no help, um, just all the, the pressure from my stepsister at the time. And like, you know, I was just like, okay, Once I could have full control and then I'm like, I'm just doing what I want to (laughs) do. I'm not doing sleep training. I'm not reading a book and and stressing out that I'm not following everything to a T. Like I'm just not. I'm going to listen to my child and we're going to do our thing. And everything has been smooth sailing since. I mean, suffering is really mouthy right now. (laughs) (laughs) But you know why? Because they definitely pick up on your energy. And so, I am finding that one of the hardest challenges, um, you know, because every stage of motherhood presents a new challenge, right? Like when they're crawling, you're like, okay, now you got to move everything. When they're walking, you're like, okay, now they're going to get into this, or you know, so everything presents a new challenge. And or I find anyway. And then um, now, but he he's really much an empath, and I'm very much an empath as well. And so he really picks up on my energy. And so I have found that to be a really big struggle is to block that. So he's not picking it up, you know, or like if I'm having negative emotions and stuff, like, cause for me, it just like, I can walk into a room and bring a room down, you know, or I can walk in a room and bring it up depending on my energy. Like, Mm -hmm. so I have to like, kind of hold it in and, I honestly say that's has been one of my biggest struggles over the last few years when I noticed that my son is like um, an empath and very much picks up some, on people's energy. And he's very like hyper aware of change in the room and, you know, of change in people or what's happening to them. Why? You know, like he really has to get down and to solve the problem, you know, and a lot of that's from me for sure. And I think it's great a great quality to have, but again, I don't want to put some of those pressures on him. So he's acting out because I've been very, um, I would say, frustrated and impatient lately. And so I, he's doing that, and then it's making me more frustrated. But I'm like, okay, this is where you got to take a step back and kind of look at those things and be like, okay, why is he acting like that? Shit, it's me it's me. I'm, <laughs> I'm, making it like that, you know, so just sort of being able to look at that instead of ignoring it, like, oh, my kid's a little asshole. He's missing back and blah, blah, blah. Right. But it's like, okay, well, why is he doing that? And what is your consequence for the behavior? And, but why is he even starting the behavior to begin with? So like, you know, sitting down and talking to him, like is something happening at camp or are you feeling angry or you know but then reflecting first always on me like first like hey okay what have I been putting out here (laughs) and you know and usually that's where the problems get solved is when I change right right
0: absolutely and that's something
1: our parents never did like my parents never did
0: totally Mm -hmm. yeah I think um yeah, I think there's just many of us really tapping into that now, right? And doing this work and realizing the impact that we have on our children. Um, yeah, how was there like a moment for yourself that you began to realize this? Like how did you begin to tapping into your own intuition around that?
1: Um I've always been very intuitive. Like that's actually, um, like that's actually just me. But when I, um, was in my late teens, early twenties, like that high intuition and being an empath, it got to a kind of a scary point where it was like, just tearing me apart. And I was very, um, negative, like I was a reactor. So if you, came in, say you were a customer and you were rude, like immediately I would vibrate that right back, you know? And so obviously that doesn't help when you're in business or whatever. right? (laughs) But also I was picking up and carrying everybody else's energy. And I was like, okay, this, this is not for me. It's not doing me justice. This is not who I am inside, you know, but I could pick it up and I would take it. So I actually, I say that I shut off that sort of energy being able to bring in other people's stuff. Although I, I liked being a very caring person and I love being connected that way. I just couldn't fight off the negative and the fear and all of that. So I kind of shut it off. But then I recently just talked to a practitioner and she said, no, you paused it. Mm-hmm. Right. You paused it. And so I'm unpausing it now because I'm like that intuition makes me closer to people. And it, and I use it in my practice as a nutritionist. Um, and I didn't even realize that I was doing it. But like, when I have clients crying in my office, I'm like, okay, I'm a nutritionist. Why would somebody be crying in my office? It's because I connect into the deeper issues or the definitely the root cause, like I get to the root cause. And people have always been comfortable with sharing and because I'm that open, empathetic person. And I'm like, that's a good trait to have. And I want to be able to be that connection for my son because I want him to always be able to come to me. And I want him to be able to know how to channel that own energy that he has, because I know he has it, right? So um, I've been doing a lot of work with different practitioners to, like just even myself, like salt rooms and stuff like that sound bath, like these kind of things are newer to me. Um, but it helps me, um, sort of stabilize that energy so that I can teach my son and then, you know, get closer with him, right. Mm -hmm. To be able to help him through the struggles, whatever struggles he has. So to be able to, you know, have just beyond the book tools to help him when he's having a hard time. Right. And to be able to sit with me and have like an honest conversation, like that's my goal is, you know, cause with my mom, I would be able to sit down with her and, you know, tell her all the good, bad and ugly and feel comfortable that I had that outlet. You know, the vice mm-hmm. she gave me back was not always good, but <laughs> <laughs> it was often very negative. However, I always had that comfort that something is wrong. I call my mom, you know, right. and you can have that. And I want, my son to have that bond with me so the more that I can open up my heart and just to show him that it's okay if you're like this or it's okay if you're like that but let's try to you know curb that enthusiasm with the language and the mouthing back because it just doesn't drive with mommy (laughs) right like in the mornings I just like really Harlan like are you really going to start the day like this Are, are we starting the day like this Let's go check ourselves. Let's go sit on the the living room couch. And we're just going to be like, okay, good morning, Harland. How was your sleep? You know, like I reset the day because I'm like, I'm not doing this. Like, we're not doing this, buddy.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's just not going to go well for anyone (laughs) in the household or, you know, then like going into school, you know, with that energy and feeling that way yeah yeah it's, it's, it's that's so great that you're able to sit down with him and just that's like that's the thing like we just need to have that moment of connection and that check-in and then you know just to be able to like take a breath and like oh okay like how are you feeling like what's happening
1: yeah yeah no and that's the thing and I I often ask him I'm like are you feeling angry like are you upset about something and he'll be like no Like, no. And I'm like, well, you look upset. You know, I'm like, come talk to me if you want to talk. But, you know, he's very, um, very close up. And we're very similar in this house. Like, He's not very closed off, but, you know, you ask him what he does at school or camp.
0: Nah, nothing. You know, (laughs) I think that's typical. (laughs) Okay, yeah,
1: I'm pretty sure that's just typical. So I'm like, okay, fine. I'll just get used to that, that he's not going to share that but he'll be like, just randomly sitting there. Hey mom, I got to tell you something. And then he'll tell me what happened, you know, if it wasn't good or wasn't bad, or he's curious about something, you know, he asks like a thousand questions a day and I'm not even exaggerating. So, but I love the inquisitive mind. I have to learn to be patient with it because sometimes, you know, you're trying to cook dinner, you're trying to, (laughs) do a million things he's like hey mommy why is the sky blue hey mommy why does an orca also be called a whale (laughs) (laughs) I'm like oh my god how many more questions do we have
0: (laughs) it's so great at the same time though isn't it it's like I, I feel like it really helps you to just like like it's a helps to like expand your own mind, right? It's like, oh wow, oh wow, well, I yeah. never actually thought about that. Like, why is that? Oh, like let's explore yeah. this or let's check this out or figure out why that is.
1: Yeah, that's what we do. I'm like, ooh, good question. Let's Google that. <laughs> but you know, I should probably say, let's go to the library instead, but you know, <laughs> right. Google is right there, so you know, oh, but it's know. kind of interesting. Um our household and I don't know if I've told you this before, but so, you know, as far as astrology, you know, it can be an entertainment type of thing and some people really are into it. You know, I'm kind of a little of both, but um we're all Leo's in this house. So I'm August 1st, my son or my husband is August 5th and Harland is August 19th. So something that I find wild because we have, there's a wild energy in here sometimes sometimes, And now that I'm getting more, like, working with practitioners to help me with that, um, I'm getting more in tune with it. And, like, I can pick it up really quickly. And we just naturally, and it's kind of funny, as as soon as Harlan started school, we naturally, we come home from school pickup. My husband sits at the table and, and reads. And my son goes and plays with his toys. And I go in my office and take time. And then we reconvene after half an hour, 45 minutes, right? Once once we've all had our space, once we've, you know, shut down a little bit. Because if we have to go somewhere after school, all hell breaks loose. It's just absolute chaos. Husband's grumpy, I'm grumpy, kid's crazy, you know, and it just, it never works out because we don't get that downtime. And it's just kind of funny how we all naturally did that. So some people don't pay attention to that, but if you pay attention to kind of what your kid needs after school, like kind of watch them what they naturally do and give them that space. Like don't go bugging them or asking them to do a chore or like, Hey, we got to rush out the door to here and blah, blah, blah. Like sure. see them where they're at and, and sort of observe what they need. And honestly, you, you're, your relationship with your child will change so dramatically, right? Until they're a teenager and then all hell breaks loose, I think.
0: (laughs) Or hopefully not. Like you try to, you know, reframe that
1: as well. (laughs) Yes. Well, you know what? That's true, right? Because if I'm manifesting that, (laughs) (laughs) no, my child's going to be amazing. He's going to be respectful (laughs) and amazing.
0: (laughs) yeah the teenage years right from when I was pregnant with my first were always the part of parenthood that freaked me out the most and I was just like oh I don't know if I can if I can do this um but I will say so far right now my oldest is 15 yeah and so far so good everything's everything's been pretty smooth so (laughs) yeah
1: see and that's probably how you worked with her like Because you're like a healer, you know, and worked with her on the levels and met her at the levels that she needed to be versus like, you need to get straight A's and you need to be in this sport and that sport, you know, like, sort of like, very structured. And if, if that's not what she needed or wanted, it would just be all this pressure and resentment um, against you for forcing her to be in something, right? Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um yeah, <laughs> it's a thing, right? It's like really getting to know your child and their personality and their tendencies and mm-hmm. really like what works for them and what doesn't, and you know, what's helpful or not. Um, and really honoring that. Yeah. Then, you know, allowing them to like really feel safe and comfortable to be able to express who it is that they are and what they need. And when they know that they have that. Mm-hmm. Know, they can really blossom
1: yeah blossom
0: yeah. that's a good way yeah oh. so do you have uh like you mentioned you know that you've been into like the salt room and sound sound baths and sort of really beautiful um things to experience but do you have anything you know even on like a daily basis that you do for yourself to help stay rooted and grounded
1: uh no because i'm in i'm in a uh let's say a season have been in a season and and i'll tell you why so because i wear my hair down my sleeve and so remember i told you that i found out i was pregnant at eight months postpartum right so at um 13 weeks we lost that baby and so because I was so far along in my pregnancy, I was also dealing with postpartum anxiety. Um, I was going through all the hormonal changes as if I had had a child already. Right. Um, so it was going to take a year for my hormones to be balanced and everything. Right. Again. Yeah. And then two months after I lost that child, I lost my mother. And wow. so. I'm going to tell you for like a year I was like an absolute disaster. Yeah, <laughs> Emotionally, yeah. I was very disconnected from trying to ground myself or even do anything that benefited me as me because I was just trying to survive, right? You know, yeah. as um <laughs> as a mother like trying to take care of my child and and as a wife, etc. So um I kind of then dove into building my practice, and again, just being a mother, all of that kind of stuff that I f- have forgot about myself, honestly, for like the last five years. <laughs> I, I've gained a significant amount of weight, um, and that's really like I still eat well. I mean, I'm a nutritionist, but I'm not emotionally doing well. And so for me, it's like I mean, I am a lot better, but. Um, for me, it's like, I hold all my stress in my stomach and then I may eat a snack or have an extra glass of wine and cheese in the evenings. You know, when I think these, I know these things aren't good for me. Right. But then also I was avoiding, um, grounding practices, avoiding feeling the feelings, that kind of stuff. Cause I'm like, if I become a mess, what's it going to do to my son? You know, Mm -hmm. but then it's like, am I actually being there for my son when I'm, just holding on to all of this pain and whatever, which I think is surfacing as the impatience and frustration. So that's why I've really been diving into more of the healing modalities and stuff, like alternative healing modalities, because I need to start to ground myself. So one of the things um, that I know I went into the salt room and immediately, like, I felt like this, like download, (laughs) <laughs> it was like the floor took all of my heaviness away. It was really weird, but that's the only way I could explain it. And then um, sound bath, my sort of experience with that is I did one, a sound bath at a, like a horse retreat. So it was a therapeutic um, retreat. We did a whole bunch of stuff, but like this one bowl, just like it, the sound frequency put me on the edge where I almost had to get up and get out of the room. But then they're like, oh, okay, well, this is what it means. Like, that's where you need work. And it was, like, in the solar plexus, like, area. And so I was like, well, that's strange because that's exactly where I hold all my stress, right? Mm -hmm. So I was like, makes sense. So working through it that way and then hot yoga, obviously, you know, that's one thing. And it makes me feel like a million bucks, but I avoid it, right? (laughs) All right. So... (laughs) It's, one, it's just making myself get to those places because that's what, what actually grounds me and heals me. And, you know, um, I walk around in my bare feet outside all of the time. So that's And I've done that forever. So that is one of the sort of just common ones that I do naturally. So I guess I would do that. But um, I'd say I'm shifting into a new season of really putting all of those healing things like on me all the time so that I can get out of where I've kind of been stuck in the last five years, right? Right, okay. And, it, and it's too, like, not just for me, essentially, it should be for me, but it's also for my son and my husband, because, like, I'm not, I haven't been my best self, and when I do those practices, I am my best self, right? And I can give more to everybody that way.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I know I was talking to somebody about this the other day as well. Um, you know, people are always like, oh, you need to do your self care and do your self care. It's like, well, I don't have time for that. And, you know, <laughs> how am I supposed to work that in with everything else that's going on? But, and it doesn't need to be anything extensive. And if it's like five to 10 minutes a day and just having that consistency, mm-hmm. it makes such a huge difference for us and how we're feeling and how we're able to show up and, And what it does to help elevate our own energy and that then has an impact around um, on the people that are around us.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. And especially if you do it, you know, in the morning or kind of make it like a morning practice, it sets off your whole day. Right. That's Mm -hmm. why, like, I, I can teach my son that it's okay for me to teach my son that like, Hey, let's not start our day off like this, but yet it's like, Hey, Sarah, listen to your own words. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, yeah, and oftentimes we're better teachers than we are followers I feel like <laughs> as mothers
0: yes it is it is very true <laughs> but but also you know it's the more that um we do those things for ourselves and that our children see us doing those things yeah that it also greatly impacts them right and like oh well mom's been doing this all the time maybe uh I should try doing that too or maybe we'll join in as you're doing certain activities
1: yeah well that's what because like I really tried I mean I have tried succeeded and then I go back like I've been fluctuating a lot but like so I did a lot of yoga at home and of course during the pandemic and stuff like you know and my son would like crawl on my back or he'd be like beside me doing yoga poses and I'm like that's what I should be doing because it's showing him like look mommy takes care of her health and and you see kids that grow up where their where their parents were healthy and had healthy habits like they just naturally adopt them too right so or but if your parents are you know lazy and they smoke and they drink and they eat fast food you kind of follow in that too. And then you have to break that generational cycle, right? Like my family, um, like I grew up with alcoholics, like alcoholic stepfathers, mother was an alcoholic. And, you know, so I had to break that cycle. I knew right, I knew when I was really young that I didn't want any of that bullshit in my life. I was like, no, but I had a good support system. I had really good friends. I um I was a runner so I was very active you know and I played sports at school and all that kind of stuff so that really makes a difference to like your support system in breaking that generational cycle right so you know I think about it like I never want my son to see stuff like that right like and I think we we know like if you grew up with alcoholics or uh, drug addict parents you often don't want your child to see that and you're very strong against it right, right. but sometimes it's like if you don't break it and you don't have a positive support system there's you you don't it's really difficult. Mm-hmm. yeah cuz like my my niece <clears throat> my sister um I think I was telling you before but she has like manic depressive and um is heavy smoker and um very I don't know if you call it narcissistic behaviors, but kind of like that. And like the world is, it's the world's fault, never hers, that kind of thing. And that's how she raised her daughter and her daughter didn't have a lot of people except for me and my brother who are very positive, And my mom would help it to being a positive support system, but she just couldn't break that cycle. And now she's in it and she's raising her kids like that, right? Like it's it's unfortunate, but if you don't break it or get enough support at the right time, you know, then that's often the path, but it doesn't have to be like that. Right. You have to be willing to to reach out and seek therapy, you know, if that's what needed or, you know, alternative healing methods, right. Like an Indian head massage or Ayurvedic massage, like, (laughs) you know, music and scents and all that kind of stuff is just, I, to me, that's where it's at. We need to get to that calm state to make real change. Right.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Right. So um, yeah. Although nervous system regulation for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. And there's many different tools. And so it's just really starting to explore different things to see what resonates with you and what works best for you and what's helpful. Um, yeah, it, it, it takes work and it's constant efforts.
1: Oh gosh. Yeah. And I even took my son to the salt room cause it benefits children as well. So I am really starting to bring him into these practices as well. So I'm interested to see, you know, how that works with him, but also like our, creating a deeper bond between us i mean i feel like it couldn't be any deeper but you know (laughs) just maybe you know
0: (laughs) (laughs) no that's great yeah it's so beautiful to be able to share those things with them and Mm -hmm. to expose them
1: to all these different things yeah yeah Yeah. no i love it i love it i'm excited about it to you know he was a bit weirded out at first he's like "Mm." (laughs) uh I'm like just relax, just enjoy. <laughs>
0: yeah. Play with your
1: play with your toys.
0: Right. Yeah. I was just gonna say that. I remember taking my daughter when she was quite little into the salt room. Um, it really helps to kick out colds as they're coming in, right? Yes. And so I had taken her in, and yeah, there's like always just like a bucket of toys to play with in there. So I just sat back and relaxed and she was able oh. to dig through the salt
1: and, yeah. and just play. And yeah. And yeah,
0: get the so benefits,
1: great. get the benefits of the salt room. So yeah no motherhood has been great I honestly I'm kind of at a point right now and it's so weird too that um like I've really want another child and I kind of have for the last couple of years but again with everything that I'm going through it's like is it the right time like would that be too much I need to you know get to that next level of healing the grief and loss of everything and um but then I'm like, well, okay, we can go back to adoption. Like, why not? Like honestly, my heart feels like I need an, a million more children in my life. But it's like, you know, financially the way the world right. is right now. Um I just feel like, and and then could my body handle, right? I'm 45 now. Could my body handle another pregnancy? However, some people are just starting at 45. So well, you know, it is
0: true, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah, and even women, like older women are still having children. Um, there's so much fear from our medical system. And, you know, even I had my third baby at 41. And even then, you know, labeled a, a geriatric oh pregnancy, God, yeah, know, right? <laughs> geriatric! <laughs> it's so ridiculous. I know, right? am I, 80? Like... <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, no, oh. that's such a bad label. And yeah, I don't know if they for you, but they were like pushing like, oh, we're going to induce you if you go past 40 weeks and all this stuff. And I'm like, why? He's happy in there. And yeah. so because of all their interventions, um, it caused him to get twisted around his umbilical cord. And then they ended up having to do emergency C-section. I'm like, if you just left him in there till he was ready, mm-hmm. you know, but I didn't have any birth advocates around that I knew so I was just like okay I guess
0: I you know go with the flow right yeah that yeah that's the thing it's so it's so challenging um if you don't have that knowledge for yourself or have people around you that can help support you through
1: that you know just Mm -hmm. think oh well
0: the doctors know what they're doing and this just needs to happen
1: right no that was kind of like this the, the worst. And then the hospital experience for me was the worst. I had like nurse Kevorkian basically, you know, Oh, get some rest, get some rest. And then wake me up every five seconds, like throwing the baby on my breasts. And like, I was sweating to death and I'm in this like plastic bed. She wouldn't let me put on my own clothes. I didn't get to do my birth plan with my music and a bath and all that kind of stuff. I just had a nurse, I'm hooked up to this IV stuff and a nurse like staring at me the whole time. And I'm just like, this is uncomfortable. Oh, you can go walk around if you want. I'm like, it's like, yeah, this
0: major a major abdominal surgery, but
1: sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it was definitely a, a fairly traumatic now that I, I look at it and knew that I had other options. I'm like, right. yeah, okay. It was bad. But, you know, yeah. <laughs> now I know just how bad and what I could have done to kind of change that.
0: Yeah, it, it's so hard, though, right? Because then, like, there's a whole slew of guilt that comes in around all of that, too. Thinking, oh, well, I should have done this or I should have said that. Um, and I get that. Like, it's so hard. Like, I even have that with my pregnancies, even though, like, they were in my births, even though they were. You know, I had two two of my three kids at home, and um, even still now, looking back, it's like, oh wow, well, I could have one more kid to like really do it perfectly yeah. have all these <laughs> to really no do to it say. right, because <laughs> <laughs> there's still things that I would change. So I think it's just you know we really need to have some grace for ourselves and yeah. to forgive ourselves. It's like you know I really believe for the most part, we're doing the best that we can in each moment with the knowledge we have available to us. Right. And, and we just kind of have to, we have to keep moving forward and we keep learning and we can keep making better choices in each moment with the more knowledge that we have.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I'm looking forward to the, the next uh, stage, you know, because he's, he's getting more independent. I'm not getting as many hugs and kisses. (sighs) That's the worst. But, you know, he snuggles with me every morning. We snuggle every morning. He lets me hold his hand. You know, he doesn't like kisses and stuff, but he'll let me hold his hand or snuggle him under my arm. So I'm like, you know what, I'm going to take it, you know, and we never let him come in our bed. We were always quite strict about that. But um, he's been coming in like over the last year. And unfortunately kicking my husband out of the bed every time. But I said to my husband, I'm like, but can we, can we just let him, you know, like he's only this age once and you know, Yeah. so he, we don't let him do it every night, obviously. But when he does, I just am like, this is the best feeling. And I've definitely learned to slow down because I'm like, if he's bothering me with the 10 million questions while I'm trying to do X, Y, Z, I'm like okay, Sarah, just take a breath. He's only this age once. And when he's older, you're going to miss this, you know, him needing you for like this knowledge mm-hmm. and looking towards you for advice and all this stuff. So I'm like, okay, just take it. Take a breath and take it, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. And I'm very interested to see what he's going to be, like What what will be his path and, you know, what does he choose? I'm very excited to you find that out or you know
0: yeah it's such a fascinating process to to witness and to watch unfold
1: yeah yeah Yeah. so I'm looking forward to that next next level next challenge he wants to do MMA fighting in the fall so we'll see how that goes but I'm like your beautiful face (laughs) you know (laughs)
0: Oh like my could gosh, you not
1: choose something else but you know if that's self-defense is good I'll just have totally. to get over that fact yeah that, I, that he might get punched in the face
0: <laughs> oh my gosh I know my my older two were doing jiu-jitsu for a couple of years uh, my daughter has stopped now but uh you know she she had done a couple of tournaments and I think it was her second one, and. The girl that she was in <laughs> combat with, whatever you call it, was very out of control of her body and her movements. Like she was very um, like spazzy and frantic, and and my daughter kept trying to just like you know hold her and keep her in the place. And um she kind of had Kaya pinned down. And her arms were flailing and she totally elbowed Kaya kind of right in the nose. And she somehow kept managing to like go through the fight for you know a couple more minutes. But then all of a sudden she, you know, had her head down and blood started dripping out of her oh, nose. Yeah. And so came over. she tapped, like she tapped out because then she started to panic. Like her nose was hurting that whole time. And she, you know, was kind of disoriented yeah. from it. Um but then when she saw the blood she panicked and like she totally ate. she was worried her nose was broken and you know yeah. she was like almost starting to hyperventilate and so like as a mom standing on the sidelines watching this I just like my baby I just wanted to like you know <laughs> yeah. out there and grab her and like are you okay but just had to like oh gosh
1: okay. that's got to be the hardest now. I have
0: that's to wait for them hard. to like Bring her back over to the edge and get her some ice and you know, see how she's doing. Oh, you know, we'll hold holding your emotions
1: in your gut. Right.
0: Oh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right. It's it's so challenging. <laughs> yeah. I think
1: that's gonna be a, a big challenge for me to not um run in there and try to take control because. That's uh, just kind of my personality. And, you know, already I'm embarrassing him, you know, at school when I try to give him <laughs> hugs and kisses. So I'm like, all right, I'll just back off a little bit. <laughs> right. <laughs> Anyways, parenting, motherhood, it's the most enjoyable thing I've ever done.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it is incredible. It's extremely challenging in some moments and heartbreaking in others, but also so
1: full of joy. And, and oh yeah, just incredible things. We have to remember that as mothers. like there is a lot of joy. there's there's a lot of that bumpies, but focus on the joy. That's what it's all about.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. yeah. there's such precious beings. it's it's such an honor to go through this process,
1: yeah, I agree. One hundred percent. yeah.
0: Lovely. Well, would you like to share a little bit about your work and your practice and who you work for or work with?
1: Yeah, sure. So I, um, as I said at the beginning, I'm a registered holistic nutritionist, but I do specialize in the mind-gut connection. So I really help you and I use my intuition to really get um, like a deep dive with my clients to get to the root cause of what is causing this. So it's not always like that you have, you eat too much or you don't exercise. Like that's hardly ever it. Um, It's more like bringing out what is your relationship with food? And, you know, are you suffering from depression, anxiety, high stress and looking at that relationship, how it affects what you eat, what you do with your lifestyle and, helping them find the balance between the two. So in my practice, I definitely, obviously nutrition is first when it comes to holistic nutritionists, but I don't believe in any restrictive diets. I don't do anything like that. I will not remove anything from your life or diet, even if it's sweets or wine, but we're going to learn how to balance it, right? Um, If you are allergic to something like gluten or dairy, yes, we're going to take that in, right? Right but we're going to dive deep. And that's the thing that even um, with naturopaths and stuff, they can diagnose and they do a a health intake, of course, Um, but they don't dive deep into those other relationships. And so that's where I'm um, very different. I obviously work with naturopaths to get a diagnosis and then they come to me and I really put together like a customized protocol and it's always lifestyle recommendations. So if they're very high stress, anxiety and stuff. And I think, and they're holding a lot of tension, say in their traps, then I'm going to refer them out for massage because I know you and you have those extra modalities. um, I would be like, boom, they need that. They need the sound. They need also the, like this incense. They need all of those different variables. I think it's going to help them because I know they're not going to do it on their own, but if they can go here, boom, job done, right? And then Mm -hmm. I will always recommend like yoga, anything that I think can fit in their lifestyle. If they're not going to do it, then I'm not going to recommend it. So really I work with them to We get down to the nitty gritty and everything is very customized. I put a lot into the protocols that I give my clients and try to make it as easy as possible for them to follow it, right? You know, so I worked with a client for, um, the last few months. And so this, this is kind of funny and this is what I love and bring out in my clients. He really wanted to meal plan. He really wanted to spend Sundays and meal plan and put things in the freezer. That was his whole big thing. He comes back after the four week checkup and he goes, listen, I'm lazy. I'm not going to do, I'm not doing it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So I was just like, I love your honesty. So why would I sit and put together another meal plan for you that you're not going to do? So we found I um, and collaborated with a girl that she does MVP meals. So she makes the meals for them in their home and then they have them in their freezer. They just pull it out. Boom. That's what's going to work for him. Right. So I make sure that it's going to work in your lifestyle. Because if you, you know, you want to make the meals planned, but you're too lazy to do it and you know that, right? So how can we work around that? And I take a lot of pride that I work with my clients very in depth that how do we work around what you're struggling with? Let's follow up. Let's put something in place that you can do now without drastically changing your life. And then we'll do the next step, next step, next step, right? So, yeah, basically that's, that's how I roll. And the intuitive aspect of it really helps because it, it helps them bring out the truth instead of like what they think I want to hear or not telling me what um, I need to hear to give them the best protocol. Right. I kind of intuitively make them tell me (laughs) what's actually going on. Well, and, and,
0: I like, think that's great, right? Like you need to actually be honest with yourself. to Be like, okay, like this is what's actually going on. Like, what do I need to do to start, you know, or to have this work for me?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, totally 100% agree. And, you know, and I can put that protocol together for you. But if you don't do the work, you're not <laughs> going to see the results, right? right and I'm pretty very straightforward like that so it's you know maybe not for everybody but it's worked very well with the clients that I work with because I'm like hey listen you can give me all the money in the world but if you don't do this it's not you're not going to see any difference so you make that choice right now and then we'll move forward or you can sit and think about it a little bit longer like are you ready like I'm not mean I'm compassionate about it but uh you know, maybe you need to sit a little bit longer until you're actually ready.
0: Well, yeah. And, and that, that's great too, that you have that approach, right? Because yeah, you could just take anybody's money and like throw a meal plan at them or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like, if you want to actually
1: help people, they need to be ready to do the work. You betcha. That's never mind. And even just like anything, right? Like same with me over the last five years and everything I've been going through, I have to be ready right so I mean I'm not unrealistic like I struggle too and I share that with people you know to be like we're human and this is part of our could be part of your human design or whatever and um but just take it easy on yourself and do one little step at a time and that's what I'm doing and then find what works for you right Mm because you know, yoga is not for everybody. Meditation's not for everybody. So, you know, I'm not just going to throw a blanket um, protocol. I'm really going to work with you and be like, Hey, what do you need right now? Like, let's figure that out and go with that to begin with. Right. Then, you know, add those additional things on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's Mm -hmm. amazing. All right. thanks so much for sharing all of that I will in the show notes I'll put all of your information so if people feel called to work with you they can reach
1: out yep I'm always here I'm always here no I appreciate you having me and I think these conversations need to definitely get out there more to all the mamas so they know that you know if they're struggling that they're not alone and Mm -hmm. that these things are normal and to just trust yourself trust yourself basically right right yeah and absolutely. you know what's best for your child and obviously if you have a partner hopefully you guys are on the same page but if not try to get on the same page because that's what's best for the child at the end of the day right
0: yeah yeah absolutely yeah oh, amazing all right thank you so much for coming and chatting with me today and I'm sure we could chat again another time you know oh yeah I have a and Shifting I have our motherhood. Lots,
1: absolutely. <laughs> I have lots to share, lots of situations. So you know what? Invite me back
0: anytime. <laughs> Lovely. All right. Well, thank you so much, Sarah. Take care. You too.